Why should I fear? Oh, the evidence is Breath. 
this working? Okay, great. Good morning, church. Good to see you. Um, my name is Maddie Marshall, and I get the privilege of leading testimony time. So this is the time in church where we share the goodness of God, how we've seen and experienced God um, in our lives or in the lives of others that we love around us. Um, and so um, I'll start us off, and then we can. This is a nice little intimate service. So, um, And for those who are on Facebook and um, Zoom, I think we have on today, if you guys want to share testimony as well, drop a name um, in the chat for Zoom, and I think that's an option as well. Um, so I just want to praise God. Um, this is what I look like because I ran here. So I'm just really thankful for like health and a, a body that functions. Um, I'm going to be running a race. And um, yeah, I just know that many people don't have, um, yeah, just the luxury of, of good health with chronic pain and things like that. A lot of friends have experienced. So I'm thankful for health, um, even in the midst of a pandemic. Um, and I feel like this week, um, this is minor, but a way that I saw God this week um, everything's like coming in bloom, right? And so we have like these strawberry plants and raspberry plants or whatever, and there's all these flowers on these strawberry plants. So excited. And so I was watering them and I'm like, man, I have to like probably water these like every day, like to actually get good berries and them not be like tiny or whatever. And I was like, oh, like, that's like how I need God every day. Like, so just that simple reminder of like, man, I need to like be watered and washed and refreshed um, in God and his word uh, regularly to grow and thrive. And so that's how I experienced God this week. So who else? How have you experienced God this week or recently? All right, I'm coming back. You're helping me get my steps in, right? You just wanted me to come, come to you. I got this. We're good. Yeah, add more steps. <laughs> Don't stand up. Okay. Uh, oh, yes, this is me. <laughs> um, the, where I saw God was yesterday at Camp Lael. There were so many people. The kids were just playing the water and making trenches and pouring. They were having such a good time. The parents, they, we have the old people group and the young group, but the parents of all those kids were just sitting and just chatting and the kids would come up and where's my towel and all this. And I sat, I put my wheelchair or my, yeah, my walker and I sat down there and you would have, it was so beautiful. Just seeing, as a grandma, I just know the kids are having the best time, and they have those flat, I don't know what they're called, like paddle boards that you stand on. And then, you know, of course, they have kayaks and rowboats and canoes or whatever. But, oh, my gosh, it just left me with just so glad for the church, really, that you have so many people that wanted to come. And I had no idea when I talked to Vicki she just said, oh, we're signing up, people. We just went for the day, but it, it was just wonderful. And you have such a great group of young families and old people like us and the Curlies and the Browns. <laughs> and um, who else was there? I don't know. Who else were the old people? I'll forget somebody, but... 
<laughs> they really wouldn't care. They, and it was Curly's um, anniversary yesterday. And who else was the? I don't remember. Someone else's anniversary. And I can't remember them. That was the same couple I can't remember. <laughs> so anyway, but it, it was just a wonderful day. And um, Jerry was there. We all talked. So it was fun. And God. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, who else? All right. Uh, yesterday, I was supposed to go sailboat racing, but the engine wouldn't start, so I uh, punted and said, well, Angela, let's go for a hike. So we went to Bold Mountain North, if any of you know where that is. Um, and we keep our poles and our boots in the back hatch. And so we set out and about an hour and a half and three miles later, we walk, all of a sudden we get, get to the car and see the car and the hatch is open, wide open. like it. And Angela says, oh no, my purse and my phone. Well. Thank God they were still there. They were, you know, the doors were locked, but the hatch was open. Um, so, so I opened the car and just shut the hatch, and we went on from there. But thank God for his, just get, good Samaritans didn't come by and investigate and find a person a phone. But, but anyway, God was shining upon us. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Oh, both thought you were raising your hand when you were adjusting that. <laughs> Anyone else? Okay. Well, I'll pray and we'll continue with our worship. Uh, God, thanks for the ways that you are at work in our lives. Um, thanks for the joy and for those who are up at Camp Lael, um, our church family. Um, God, thanks for looking out and for Good Samaritans. Um, God, we need you this morning. Would you speak to us? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good morning, church. Uh, my name is Allison, and I'm here with some announcements. Uh, so please take a moment and let us know that you're here, either physically or uh, online, by filling out either the digital connection card or the green uh, card in the pew in front of you. And uh, if you are new to Genesis, you can text NEW TO GENESIS, all one word, to 94000. Then you can place that physical green card in the wooden box at the back of the sanctuary, uh, right between the double doors there. And then uh, that's also where you can place an offering if you brought it today physically with you. Thank you all uh, to everyone who gives regularly and gives online and via text. Uh, we appreciate all of that support. So this summer, uh, we're gonna work to create some places to belong. So uh, if you are willing to host a gathering this summer, maybe an evening in your backyard, around the fire, or a picnic lunch, or summer games or some other creative uh, gathering that you like to do, 
Genesis is a place of belonging, and we want to extend that belonging to others over the summer. So contact Pastor Nate in the back uh, with some more, to get some more information and to set a date for that. Uh, you also belong around the table, and so next Sunday we're going to have, uh, following the worship service on June 5th, we're going to eat together. It's a beautiful way to learn how to be family around a table. Plan to join us as we set a place for you and others. We'll be eating uh, in the lobby and outside. Please bring a side dish to share, and Genesis will provide the drinks, hot dogs, and dessert. And then finally, uh, there's an event coming up on June 25th, Redeeming Heartache, How Past Suffering Reveals Our True Calling. Tragedy and pain inevitably touch our lives in some way. We long to feel whole, but more often than not, the way we've learned to deal with our wounds pushes us away from the very restoration we need the most. Counselor and teacher Kathy Lorzell will be presenting a life-changing process of true connection and healing with ourselves, God, and others. Your past pain, our past pain, does not dictate our life. Answer the call to healing and discover your life's beautiful story and a future of hope and freedom. So join us on Saturday, June 25th uh, from 9 a.m. to 2.30. Childcare is provided and lunch will be available. If you receive texts from Genesis, you received a text this morning with a link to sign up for, for that event. And it really is intended to be about healing and our calling. Uh, so if it sounds heavy, know that the heavy is probably already in you and the, the opportunity here is to come um, and experience um, some freedom. So with that, uh, we're gonna stand up and say hi to the people fairly close to us. So. Um, Go say hi to someone else uh, around the room and tell them what dish you hope they bring to the potluck.
right there in front of the camera. Maybe that big pussy in the checked shirt. She's scratching right there. There we go. Good morning. So we got a couple different things we want to do this morning. 
as we're together as a family. And for those of you who are on Zoom or Facebook for Zoom, we know you can participate in this. I want to give us a chance to respond this morning. And we're going we're gonna to do a, a small teaching. We're going to step into the lobby and do some hands-on, loving people kind of activity. But in resp- this last week, as you would scroll through the week and the things that grabs your attention, most of us would say the mass murder at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas, stopped us all in our feet, dropped us to our knees. Um, it's almost like you don't want to know any more information. You don't want to know the details. You don't want to know the stories. And as followers of Jesus, we're always like, what do we, what do, we do to respond? How... How, as Jesus' followers, do we live in this? And there's a number, a number of responses. Some of those responses are like, this is just a society without God, and this is what it looks like. Definitely is a picture of brokenness, for sure. Any sign of destruction is not the hand of God. As Jesus himself said, the enemy comes to kill to steal and destroy, and, and we saw that. But we continue to see the wake of this. I was, poor Jenny was responding, or like one, and she threw hers, I saw Jenny's response on Facebook, just about aching and longing for something different, and just the, the backlash of crazy comments that happened with there. And so when, when we do that, when we respond to these things and saying it's enough is enough, how can we how can we intervene? What can we do? Can we, can we change something? If you open your mouth, you sometimes feel like you're going to get slapped. You're going to get attacked. You're going to get ridiculed. And we know that that can't be the answer for us to be silenced. So, so what do you do? It seems like every time I was listening to another friend, every time this happens, churches typically do this. They pause, they give their hearts their, and their prayers. That seems like the only thing you can do. And that is beautiful and that is good, but that is not a prayer without action, without movement. It, it, it's okay, but Abraham Heschel, Abraham Joshua Heschel, who marched with Dr. King, said his marching with Dr. King was praying. Now that was prayer. Oh, Lord, bring justice. Oh, Lord, bring justice in his marching, in his movement. So what do we do? Should you pray? Absolutely. But how do we pray with our feet and our hands and our minds and our bodies? I don't know, but with the small community that we have gathered and those who are on Zoom can participate, I want to read 1 Corinthians, and it talks about prophecy. And it talks about what it's good for, about God speaking in, and Paul was encouraging the church. And for some of us, we, we, we hear these kinds of things, and we're like, I, I don't know what that is, but it was a gift to give to the body, everybody, every church, to have this gift of the Spirit of God teaching and speaking for our good. So I want to read what Paul said about it. 
to encourage us and, to, and for us to be open, to listen, and maybe hear what the Lord wants to say to us. This is not to give a speech. You don't have to interpret what you're hearing from God. If you hear a whisper of something, we want you to say, oh, maybe we'll share it. So this is 1 Corinthians verse, uh, in chapter 14. Let love be your highest goal. We could just stop there, couldn't we? <laughs> Let love be our highest goal. And when we look at the love of Jesus, it was self-sacrificial. That's what love meant. Let love be your highest goal. But you should always desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. And Paul goes on to talk about, he says, but for if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God. It's like a prayer language. Since people don't, um, so people won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit. But again, it will all be mysterious. Verse 3, a prophecy. But the one who prophesies strengthens others. When you're strengthened, you're strengthened to be able to step into what the Lord is inviting you into. When the early church was threatened, they were strengthened and they were more bold in their declarations of Jesus, in their declarations of life. But the one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. And a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but the one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. And so that's what we're looking at this morning. To strengthen us, not just to strengthen us individually, as for those of you who have grandkids or kids yourself that we're afraid for our kids, but you strengthen us towards Jesus is inviting us to do and who to be and to encourage us towards his way. So with that in mind, I want you to invite Jesus, the spirit of Jesus, to whisper to you. Be open to whatever it might be for the strengthening and the encouragement and the comfort of this body and those who are listening on Zoom. And we're going we're gonna to keep track of it. We're going to record it. We're going to write it down so we can pass it on. And so um, you don't have to be famous to do this. You don't have to be like, you don't have to need a theological degree to do this. This is free, the free gift of God. It doesn't have to feel like anything except something came into you that feels like life from God. You can be wrong. You can get it wrong. You don't even have to know what it means. It's okay. We will weigh it. We'll take it in and say, hmm, does it sound like God? Does it sound encouraging? Does it sound comforting? Does it strengthen us? So let's listen. If you're on Zoom, we're going to listen. Marty's going to play a song. If you want to sing, you can. The words will be up there. But really, I'd love for you to kind of sit and breathe and invite the Lord, saying, Lord, what do you have for us? And listen. And be curious about anything that the Lord seems to flood your mind with and write it down. And then we're going to give a chance for those who are on Zoom, Facebook, and here to say, what you hear? Sound good, church? Anybody have any questions? It's only a few of us. No questions? All right, so Father, you're, you're good and you give good gifts. And even Paul, who was a faithful father, has said, desire this. This is for the good of the church. This is for the good of the whole body. 
which whom you love, you gave yourself for. And so, Lord, we're listening. Let you, the God of truth, of love, speak.
Thank you, Marty. Okay, so this is the practice. If you're on Zoom and you want to share it by just unmuting, you certainly can. We are watching the text thread. Or if you just want to put it into the text thread, if you're on Zoom, you just want to type out what you sensed from, from the Lord. Uh, we don't feel the pressure to have to interpret what we have heard. That's the purpose of the body. The body interprets, and from that we will then try to figure out what it means to apply. Our spot as individuals is just to listen. And then be potentially to open our mouths, even if it feels foolish to us, for the sake of strengthening, encouraging, and comforting the church. So with that, as we sang, as we said, Lord, speak, did anybody hear anything? Make it a whisper. They have a sense. Was there an image? Was there a scripture? Was, was, did something rise within your spirit? Is anyone's palm sweaty right now? Heart beating a little bit. <laughs> Anybody have anything that as we created the moment that they're willing to share? All right, Jesse. I heard that uh, we have a father who's rich in mercy, mm-hmm. and we are the apple of his eye. Uh, give him the opportunity to show his generosity and keep coming to him and, and seeking his mercy. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank you. All right, so that's the first. We have a God who's rich in mercy who's generous, who loves us through the apple of his eye, go to him. Allow him to show that to us. Ryan, I don't know if you've got a way to be able to document that anywhere while we're, we're doing that, or if somebody wants to write it down on a, uh, on a sheet of paper just so we can keep track. Anybody else hear something willing to a sentence, a phrase? Oh, Betty. into the category that, that you are speaking of, but I have a thing that, that um, I was, every morning when I get up, I have a crystal that has the, uh, the cross in it, and every morning and every night, I say good night and good morning to Jesus Christ, and I got up one morning, I didn't say anything, but uh, I was putting my fingers on the cross, you know, and thinking of it. And uh, uh, I heard his voice. It says, uh, I died for you. And I, 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 just, I just broke down and cried and cried and cried. And then I said, I know, Jesus. I said, it, my heart breaks every time I think about that, the torture that he went through for us to get rid of our sins and everything. But uh, I talk to him sometimes. Sometimes he talks back. Sometimes he don't. You know. But it it, it keeps me going. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry to cry, but I get very emotional. You don't have to be sorry. Thank you, Betty. Somebody on Zoom. In the chat. I'm gonna hand this microphone to Ryan.
All right, so from the Zoom chat, we have Rest Easy, I Am Here, and the Lord's promise that He is with us always, even to the end of time. Do you want me to use this one, Nate, the handheld? I'll turn off the other. Continue to listen. Continue to listen for the church so that we can respond. We'll keep note of those, continuing to asking. What, what are the people of Jesus, how do we respond? And we do mourn with those who mourn. <sighs> But may we know how to respond as Jesus would in these times. Let me pray. So, Father, we agree that you are with us. There's rest in you. That you were generous. You look favorably upon us. May those words of comfort come upon families and people who are mourning and aching. Who have no breath today, whose hearts cannot be controlled and tears have not ended. Have mercy, Lord and the children of nightmares and trauma all across the country to the threat of violence and hatred. Oh, Jesus, have mercy. As these threats increase, Lord, would you fill us with your boldness to proclaim as we should good news of Jesus and life and truth and love. And we pray too, Lord, your hand would be present for healing. For those caught in those nightmares of the trauma that will leave them scarred and hurting. Oh, Jesus, have mercy. Show us how to love, Lord, tangibly in real world ways, we pray. Amen. One more scripture I want to read for us, and then I want us to step into the lobby together. It's only a few of us. Uh, for a chance to do some real-world, real-time love and action. This is in Jesus in Luke 14, and it's all around a table, and it's all around eating, and it's all around Jesus and a community of people. And so let's listen to the words of Jesus. And he had been invited to dinner, 
And this was a, more of a fancy dinner. And he was invited by religious leaders. There were broken people there, but it was in the house of um, a religious leader. That, that's how the story begins in Luke 14. But in verse 7, as Jesus was sitting there, he noticed some things, and this is what it says. When Jesus noticed that all who had come to the dinner were trying to sit in the seats of honor near the head of the table, he gave them this advice. When you're invited to a wedding feast, don't sit in the seat of honor. If someone who's more distinguished than you has... What if someone more distinguished than you has been invited? The host will come and say, give this person your seat. Then you will be embarrassed, and you will have to take whatever seat is left at the foot of the table. Instead... Take the lowest place at the foot of the table. Then when your host sees you, he will come and say, Friend, we have a better place for you. Then you will be honored in front of all the other guests. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So Jesus is giving some um, counsel about how to choose a seat when you're going to a party. And so you may find yourself at a table soon. And celebrating with people. And so practical things about how do you choose where you sit. He goes on with some practical things. And then he turned to the host. says, when you put on a luncheon or a banquet, he said, don't invite your friends, brothers, relatives, and rich neighbors. For they will invite you back. And that will be your only reward. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Then at the resurrection of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. Okay, also, very straightforward how to throw a party and invite people to dinner that you're hosting or lunch or something. So this is not uh, figurative. This is one of those things when you read the scriptures where you can probably take this literally. When you're hosting... Invite people who can't repay you. And Jesus says, the Father will repay you in the resurrection. I know the people who can repay me. And I know the ones who can't. When I host. So another practical bit. I want to read that just for those practical things as we step into those. This one's going to spill over, and then Jesus tells one more parable. Parables are not literal. They're parables. They're meant to push a teaching, a point. The other two, very literal. When you're hosting a party, when you're choosing a seat, we can take that. But then Jesus tells them something meant to have a point. To lead to repentance. And here's what he says. Oh, hearing this, after Jesus said that, a man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, What a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus replied with this story. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, Come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, I've just bought a field and must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married, so I can't come. 
the servant returned and told his master what they had said. And his master was furious and said, go quickly into the streets and alleys of the time and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. After the servant had done this, he, re he reported, there is still room for more. And his master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. For none of those I first invited will get even the smallest taste of my banquet. The great feast, the great banqueting feast of Jesus. An invitation is going out and many make excuses and saying, nah, I, I, I'm not open to that. Don't need it. Don't want it. And though who's throwing the feast says, go, go to the alleys. Go, be, go into the country behind the hedges. Guys, what happens in alleys? I mean, is that, is that where everybody, where the good repute hang out? Or what happens behind hedges? No, he's saying go. In Matthew, he says, go and get the good and the wicked alike. Encourage them to come. This is not just about who is worthy. It's nothing to do with that. It's saying who's willing to come. The invitation is out and there is room. But the invitation was for, again, the hurting and the broken. Invite, invite, invite. The table is open. And so many of our words this morning were it was about the beauty and the generosity of our God. And even when Jesus told parables and the way that he rewarded, the righteous ones thought that were offended by the generosity of the parables. They were offended by the generosity of God. That's what offended them. So today, as we talk about putting our love into action, to be people who could potentially even literally do what Jesus said. Nothing wrong with that, folks. Nothing wrong to take what Jesus said and, and try to apply it. To invite them to a table. And so this morning, there's only a handful of us. But I wanted, I have created way too many invitations. I have created 250 invitations um, that are inviting people to eat with us next week as we eat together as a church on the first Sunday. We're going to be talking about the cross, the cross of Jesus and the teaching, and then we're going to break bread together. We're going to eat, and I'm inviting people to come, and I've made 250 invitations. Now, those invitations are going to go very specifically to two places, but it can go beyond. The two places where I'm going to send these to is one is across the street to where Betty lives at Barton Towers, Subsidized housing complex for seniors and for those who many are, sort of uh, many are disabled and there's a large uh, immigrant population over there. And the other one is going to go to the Royal Oak Manor. Another in Royal Oak, the, the se a senior high rise. And when I remember talking to Betty about many of the people who live in the building, she was like, yeah, they're lonely. They're so lonely. No one visits. For many. Now, it doesn't mean they're going to be open to the invitation, but it sounds like if we're going to invite 
people to the table, let's invite the hungry, the hurting, the lonely, and let's love them. And so I've made 250 invitations, but we didn't stop there, folks. I've also got two Polaroid cameras that we're going to take so many pictures of ourselves here. <laughs> um, and we're going to stick a, a, so if you're, if you're a part of the fan, you know, if you're like, yeah, I'm fine with my picture being, and I, I plan to be here next week. But it's a way just to take your picture, a picture of you and somebody else. I mean, you can have, and, and then put it in there and write your name and saying, hey, come. Write a little note, come and, come and eat with us. It's a way different invitation when there's a picture of someone in there. Where's a face? Come find me. Now, do I think that masses and masses of people are going to say yes to this? No. But Jesus didn't, in his story, it was like, go and compel. Go and compel. There's room. There's room. And it's not about, the room, about being room in, this, in these pews. I mean, is there room in these pews? <laughs> is there room here? Do you have room for people? If somebody lonely comes, will you love them? Are you willing to give a name and a face and invite the broken and the lonely who cannot repay you? So that's what we want to do. Uh, and I have, one, I have one other thing. So I've also got uh, 10 or 11 sympathy cards. Cards for someone who, for someone who has died. Uh, three weeks ago on Monday, I think it was May the 8th, uh, a woman who was at, her name was Stacy, Stacy White. She was at the corner of Coolidge and Woodward. She sits in between that area between Rite Aid and CVS in a wheelchair, so asking for money, and she fell out of her wheelchair and she got killed because she was run over by a car. Uh, Stacy is on that corner, and her sister Jackie is usually just around the other corner, and Jackie's husband Will is just on the other one, and just mourning the loss of their sister. And so I have sympathy. Uh, Jackie, Jackie Gray is the sister. She's alive. And, she, and Stacy was on that corner just trying to get $2 to get bus fare. So that's all she was trying. She just needed $2, and Stacy had a number of health issues, and she fell out of her chair and was run over. It was an accident, and it was awful. Uh, and I caught, know some people over there, and they told me the story and had a chance to talk with them. And as I was even sitting with Jackie for a little bit, she, um, I mean, the reality is, is that a lot of people see her. She is seen, but not seen, right? You know, you guys know what that feels like. You can, you can be in places where there's people, but you're not seen. That's what it's like to go to the grocery store. Typically, that's like what it's like to go to a gym. You know, you're seen, but not seen. Sometimes it's like to go to a church. Seen, but not seen. And um, that's Jackie's experience to feel sort of being unseen. Jackie is the sister, so her sister died. Jackie sits at the corner of 13 Mile and Coolidge. There's a place called Smoothie King right there on that corner. That's where Jackie sits, says Smoothie King. 
And typically, it's from like 10 into 3. And is anyone willing at some time in the next month or two to, as you're driving to be looking for her for the sake of dropping a card to her? Getting out, maybe, and giving her a card and saying, I heard your sister died. Just to recognize it and to see her. So I have 11 sympathy cards. Um, if somebody was like, yeah, I, I, I know that corner. I'd be willing to do it. She, she won't feel intruded upon. <laughs> she would just fill up. That's what the card is meant for. And so those are the two tangible things that I have today to, to do. So there's like 20 of us. So we've got to do about 10 apiece. <laughs> We, we don't have to do it, but if you're willing to stay and to fill out a card, I, I invite you to do so. We've got some tables around there. Come around the tables. Let's take some pictures. Let, let's do so. If you're, if you're not comfortable with the picture, that's okay. If you're willing to write a note into the card, feel free to. Otherwise, we're going to give the cards away, but we would love to have you to be a part of it. So that is our plan for this morning. We're going to step here into the lobby, take another 15 minutes together. 15, 20 minutes together, do those things. So there's two sets of the sympathy cards and the cards of invitation for the two places. If you have another friend that you want to invite to come eat with us, by all means. You can, and, you, and if you read that and you're like, oh my gosh, I know somebody who's hurting or who's lame or who's blind or who's broken or who's sick, I can invite them. Feel free to. But specifically, we're going to invite those places who are our neighbors in proximity. So Jesus, would you fill our hearts with love and the joy of being a church, of wanting the people who say, Jesus, you are our Lord and we want to follow you. We're children of Jesus. What does it look like to be like Jesus? Well, Jesus, you taught us to do this when we, when we throw parties to invite those who are hurting, the blind, the broken, the lame. May we do it. May we literally take you up on what you have said, regardless if anyone comes. But love looks like inviting to our table. May, may our hearts, oh Lord, let our hearts be open to others, to see them, to welcome them, to pull them close, to make room for them, to those who, who are who don't, maybe not even in our demographic, who aren't on our stage of life, who, who aren't going to be able to give back to us, aren't going to invite us to a wine and cheese party. And you tell us, well, let, let me repay you for your self-giving love. Let me repay you in the resurrection. Because hmm. that is your good. And Jesse's word that you're generous. Let us believe it. Amen. All right, church. Feel free to step, step out here in the lobby. If you, if you, let's, let's do this together just for a few minutes.